Hello, I'm Kevin. And I'm Gerard. And I'm Ryan. And this is Serial Podcast 9, episode 16. 16, man. Uh, our, our podcast is old enough to drive. Oh, <laughs> what would our podcast first car be? Um, all right. Anyway, let's not answer that question right now. We have a guest tonight, which is very exciting. And a famous guest, I feel like, even a little bit. Not just like one of our friends that we hang out with every other weekend. Uh, I'll let Gerard do the intro because he's much better at these than I am. All right. So tonight we have Alex Lee, former Formula D driver, um, a good friend of ours, a Serial 9 sponsored driver for many, many years and just like a cool dude. So this is Alex Lee. Hey, thanks for uh, having me. It's hey. it's definitely a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for being here. So to get started, I feel like we should actually uh, do a like a history of Alex Lee. Who wants to do it? Uh, this is an awkward. So what, what's what was our our nickname well, for Alex Lee, or what's Alex Lee's general nickname when he started drifting? Like we used to call him the Wonder Kid. Yeah, yeah. That's also, what I know him as yeah. is the Wonder Kid. I got to give Dave Vickers a little bit of credit for yeah. starting that, starting yeah. that fire. So the history is. Do you want to do it yourself? Is it weird to talk about yourself like that? I don't really know. I mean, whatever. I, I have who, who knows your history better than, better than you, you know? Yeah, you know I, I think I was there. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> For some of it anyways. Way back in, let's see, 2004, um, I got really hooked on initial D and option videos, yada, yada, yada. Uh, anyways, yeah. And then uh, ended up finding a like an SR5 beater, like pretty clapped out 8.6 in Edmonton. Perfect like, starting point. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's like 400 bucks or something. It was running. It was cool. Yeah, it was a coupe. I was like, okay, sweet. This is fine. This is perfect. This is the car. And I wasn't quite knowledgeable enough to know the difference between an SR5 and like a GTS as much. So I was like, this thing's really slow. It had like a 4AC with 70 horsepower. I was like, man, this thing kind of sucks, but it's sweet. Cool. <laughs> um, it had drum brakes on the rear, so the e-brake worked really, really good. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, anyways, we started, you know, you know, my friends were kind of screwing around with some stuff. My other buddy just got like a GTS. We were always having like a rivalry there. And obviously his car is way faster, not saying that it was fast, but it was something. Uh, anyways, uh, we started doing like drifting at race city, our home track in Calgary. Yeah. It was like D sports practice events and stuff like that. Um, uh, yeah, we would go out there and have some fun, break some things, kind of work my way up with Corolla. Devin Horsley, Dave Vickers were my my Corolla mentors, my uh, my guides along the way. Yeah, kept going to events and stuff. And then there was like actual like D-Sport, actual competition events. And and yeah, I did very poorly with the Corolla. And uh, yeah, I came across this like X8 Cresta. Like a JDM, like yeah. JZX81. Yeah. Oh, shit. Checked it out. I was like, man, this is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. It sounds like an F1 car. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> what is this? Like, it had like the BN Sports, really aggressive aero. Oh, sick. Uh, two-tone, like black and gray. Work Rezax. There's 17-inch, like whatever, like they throw on JDM cars before they import them. <laughs> yeah. Export, or export yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I bought that and I was like, okay, sweet. This is it. Get rid of the Corolla. This is all I need. This car actually has power. Like I had like a two-way in it. So like you could actually slide it and not feel like an idiot. So I started drifting that, you know, kept it as it was. It had like blown tain coilovers, R154, which did not shift good at all. Very slow shifting and just stock 1J, like a little bit of boost up, had like a SAR DCU and that was it. 
I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of how it works. Okay, I can kind of feel how this kind of like drifting kind of should it's be supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it kind of yeah. made sense at that point. And so, this thing, you're like, just kind of like chilling out, like sipping a latte, like reading a you're book, on the, and you're like, on the boat, yachting around, having a good time, and like there's all this smoke, and everybody's like, <laughs> "Whoa, that was so sick! You're doing so good." <laughs> you're like, "I guess, yeah, sweet. Yeah, it's that easy." <laughs> I could start to focus on like actually having a line rather than just keeping the car sliding. <laughs> Trying to like complete the corner. Yeah. 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 Man, I've missed Gerard's age six impression. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I just a uh, quick question. You were how old when you actually started drifting? I think I went to the first like D sport practice at like I was 15. This is the legend that I've heard of Alex. <laughs> You're like the the Canadian Ken Gushi. It was like his mom would drive him to the track and then he yeah. would like drift. Yeah, yeah. I'll give with me a lot to the track. Yeah. Yeah. That was all like the Paul Harrison's and Vickers <laughs> stories that everyone would say. Oh yeah. yeah. Wonder kid, you the wonder kid. Wonder, you know, and yeah. like <laughs> And I, because I didn't like really know you, I remember going to your fundraiser for when you were going to FD and that I think is when I actually met you, but right. I just remember the entire drift community was behind you at that point. Like we would drive out from Saskatchewan and that was a huge deal for us. And then we'd get there and it was like, oh yeah, Alex Lee, he's the best. And everyone was <laughs> behind him. And I remember like people hated formula d when i talked to them initially like you know oh, yeah. like, and then when like you were on board to go to formula d everyone was just totally like that's it <laughs> our boy's going yeah <laughs> here he goes yeah <laughs> like, support the homies man you know and like my parents were super supportive they like even before like the drift practices uh, i would drag them out to parking lots because like i had only learners <laughs> at that time so i couldn't drive on my own like i got my mom to videotape me trying to like drift around in the pitch black and like an industrial area and like <laughs> you just see taillights and like hear rocks and gravel i think i was with i was with my dad and we got pulled over the cop got really mad at him and was like <laughs> like what what why would you let your son do this? like you should be you know thinking about safety here or something like that <laughs> that cop didn't know anything about flexing and your dad did that's the difference yeah so i got the crest to go on um tandem still wasn't really a thing <laughs> it was just two people on the track at the same time at that yeah. point so we weren't even close to thinking of proximity is more like so-and-so did a great run oh so-and-so did a better run okay let's just pretend that they were together <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah or like who did whoever didn't spin moves on kind of thing yeah where the, the events started getting a little more competitive uh people started having a little bit cooler builds like starting to compete against guys that i kind of looked up to i think it was i think yeah dmcc kind of bought out so it went d sport and then drift west and then dmcc took over and because they're from there's like the eastern canada um kind of drifting big wigs big they wigs, sent yeah. tony angelo to be a judge you guys <laughs> i forgot about that yeah that's right it was like tony angelo out in the west and it was just like the one drift alliance dude i guess that <laughs> yeah. didn't have anything else to do i don't know but it yeah was, like it was rad at the time like it was like oh shit you're part of drift alliance and i think they had jared deander out there too it was yeah. like east versus west battle or something right yeah yeah and then <laughs> i had no idea who these people were and they're like oh it's tony angel I'm like who the like who the fuck's this guy okay <laughs> cool like whatever i guess he's a judge from america cool and then anyways yeah so like started doing like decent in dmcc west and it was 09 was it no oh no 2010 
basically the championship throughout the throughout the year i was doing like i was kind of up running up in the points like pretty high up and it was like last event in calgary i think the other guy who used to compete a lot in uh, dmcc east mark schritter he had a Sephiro with an rb26 which is pretty sick sounds pretty um, sick yeah and anyways we were kind of like the final battle it was like rain uh bad conditions and uh yeah i ended up winning that final battle i think it was because he broke a tie rod or something it was like by default i was like that's you're a Toyota way. i ain't here to part pump mark schritter's tires you're a better driver <laughs> <laughs> yeah just being realistic this is what i remember like well, the crowd remembers it differently i guess <laughs> <laughs> i mean we can go with that too I thought I thought for some like something happened where he couldn't complete his run and it yeah, was something that thing where he or... wasn't as good as Alex Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so um, at that time the DMCC was like, yeah, if you win the championship, you're automatically in Formula D. I was like, oh wow, sweet. Okay, that's, that's easy. <laughs> and then so yeah, anyways, that I... was basically our like whatever feeder series. Yeah. Yeah. Like Pro Two was back then. That's pretty um, sick. Yeah. And actually, before that, before I got to that point, I should mention that I, I met, well, Gerard and Kevin. Well, actually, I kind of knew Kevin through Dory Kazi. <laughs> you should tell him about day. our first meeting. <laughs> but the first meeting, yeah. So, like, I was, like, messaging Gerard about, like, well, X8 parts because that shit was hot in those days. Yeah. And still hot. <laughs> Anyways, I was like, yeah, like, uh, we're going to come up to Vancouver. Like, I have family out there, whatever. Like, we'll just chill out. Uh, be cool to, like, meet up. So, yeah, sure. And then... Uh, we ended up. You were going to Victoria for a drift event the next day. Was it that one? Yeah, I think so. I think so. That yeah, was you the drove the out. drift car. Yeah, like downtown. You're like, yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's so let, right. Let's hear the story. I like messaged Gerard, and then we like was like, yeah, like we'll uh, give you a shout like when we're kind of like whatever in the evening when we're uh, all out and about. I was like, sure, sounds good. I was like, hey, where are you guys at? Like, uh, I'm pretty free now. And you're like, yeah, we're just in this park. I don't even know what park that was. Somewhere like dark, like kind of dank, somewhere deep Vancouver. I, fully I downtown. Fully downtown. Like, what dark, park like, was it for Gerard? Uh, what park was it? I don't, I don't even know, know the name like of it. It's a dog park now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a yuppie dog park now. Uh, yeah. Right. But yeah, anyways. <laughs> yeah. So like, he's like, yeah, yeah, just... Uh, just meet me at this dark park. Like we're just all out here. I think your ladies are like drinking or something. Or yeah, like, we had like growers or something. <laughs> like with, like apple vodka. cider. No, no, no. It was like I don't. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> we were going. We were cider. going to. We were going to. Uh, was we it at base? Diesel Boy? Yeah, Diesel Boy. <laughs> For some reason, we had yeah like two liters of fucking growers <laughs> or something like that. But yes, for you, did you travel back in time and you were 16 at this time? Like, <laughs> no, I can't remember why we had it. was just a weird, I don't know what the hell. We had like another drink with that, maybe some vodka or something. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that too if I was telling people I was drinking growers <laughs> as an adult. Yeah. In a Anyways, dog park in wait, the middle of growers, van, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Is growers like an international thing? Do people I don't, I don't know. I it's just like it. a cooler. It's a two liter of coolers, basically, in like a plastic bottle, right? Yeah, like, like it looks yeah. like a Coke, but like it's yeah, not. Yeah, and it's or just like sweet as hell, and it's super carbonated. Yeah, yeah, like somehow extra it's carbonated. Like, it's what you drink in grade nine, and yeah, basically, super sick, it's what and girls drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, anyways, Alex is like, hey, like, yeah. So, like, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll meet you there. You give me like this, ad- like, kind of, well, not address, but like, it's around here, like this corner of this and this street or whatever. Uh, we'll be in the park. I'm like, okay. 
Cool. You know, buddy, you're just like walking up. We're looking for like a few dudes, like kind of walking around this dark park. This is sounds. This sounds really good. Like this is going to be a great, safe evening. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we're like, oh, what's up? Like, kind of started chatting and and all that, but like that's that was it was a maybe like a red flag kind of uh scenario or should have been for sure (laughs) hey come to this park there are no lights and like (laughs) we're drunk and like uh we've never met you before but yeah but toyota is cool yeah yeah exactly if if i've learned anything from this podcast already it's that i've met kevin and gerard at the right time in my life (laughs) because had (laughs) it been then i've been like what the fuck man (laughs) that's exactly what alex was thinking yeah, he was like, I should form a partnership with these guys. Like, he saw through it. I'd be like, mm. they like dark parks. All right, yeah. cool. Cool. They could probably build a car. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I was picking up parts or something or like, I was getting getting some goodies or something at some point anyways. But yeah, I was kind of getting getting the car set up from there with all mm. the all the actual proper proper parts that actually make it work the way it should. Anyway, so that was interesting. Um, a good, interesting way to meet. Uh, and luckily no one was, you know, injured. no one was injured or abducted or all of those a cat things. Fish, just catfishing people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just go up to someone else. Are you Gerard? They're like, yeah. You yeah. Like, talk to them for twenty minutes, and then I just mean, leave. If they didn't have, if they didn't have growers with them, you probably would have been a better investment. Like, well, that dude's not drinking green yeah. girl drink. It's like catfishing pennies and Toyotas is really into Subarus or something. Like, yeah, I mean, they're not too far off, bro. <laughs> All right. So you win the series, you get your license to go to FD, right? The this big is like show. The big show. Yeah. And then I think around that time, I remember we spoke because I like put a small video together for you for some reason. And I don't know. Seattle, that. I think, right? It was even before. Was it? At, yeah, maybe it was. Oh, Seattle. no, no. No, maybe, it was no, no. That. It was, so actually, yeah. So when, so after like DMCC was like, yeah, you're in Formula D now. Grads, cool. I was like, okay, cool. So like, I called the, uh, you know, the Formula D people. I was like, hey, like, this is what's up. I guess I'm in. What's what's up? Like, and they're like, <laughs> actually, you're not in. Uh, it's cool you won the series, but uh, we don't really fully have an actual partnership. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So, like, what's the deal? Like, okay, well, you have to, you have to put together, like, a petition and show like some videos and whatever kind of show us your drifting resume and i was like oh okay cool and then that's when yeah i worked ryan to get that uh get that video together and then sent that off yeah it was just super weird and then later on whatever a month or two later i get a call from andy luck who's kind of the head 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 guy one of the head guys there and he's like yeah so hey congratulations like we'll see you in long beach and i was like whoa okay that's cool sweet all right it worked <laughs> so how old were you when you were like eligible to go to formula d uh that was like so that was i guess 2010 2011 so i was like 2021 20, so the perfect age to go to the u.s and be able to have their versions of growers yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty and, much and and a a we had sponsored you at that point already or not yet uh like, yeah we had the arms, we had the coilovers, coilovers subframe yeah. bushings. 
That's right. Yeah. 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 You had basically, both, but every, everything that you made for it was all yeah, the car. Yeah. Like, it was the worst. Basically, <laughs> the whole Serial 9 catalog at the time was. Yeah. Like, I was like the happiest to just put that big Serial 9 sticker on. It was like, that was the thing. You know, if you got an X8, but it's got a Serial 9 sticker, like, okay, you're, you're legit. If yeah, you didn't have that, that sticker, like, no, you're just a chump. Like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so the first year you went, is that when you had the 100 front on the car? Yes. Yes. Right. So I was like, I got to give this car a big makeover. Let's make it look sick. Like I molded some like R32 wide body over fenders yeah, onto doors. it. Yeah. Yeah. Regret all of that. That was terrible. <laughs> uh, like maybe it looked cool kind of, but not really. I think the car looked way better. Like two years before that, <laughs> the 100 in front of it was kind of cool. fit that tire though, you know? That's true. That's true. You need all that, that big rear tire. <laughs> yeah. Did you get other sponsors for the car and stuff? Yeah. So I had a couple of local shops, um, at the time, RCTS and Lithium Autosport, they were they were helping out with uh, you know getting the car ready, dyno tuning, um, kind of having this kind of a service home base to make sure you know it was good to go for each event, and um, and they helped you know with some fundraising stuff too, like to help organize that and whatnot. So we kind of had we had a launch party there, kind of unveiling the car and and everything like that. So yeah, like kind of had a few on the way to you know help out. So you assemble your team, which uh, our our friend Dave Vickers is on that team. Oh, yeah. And you head down to Long Beach. So you get to Long Beach. You got the Serial 9 sponsored car. I mean, this must have actually just described that to me. So you're showing up like Long Beach is a big deal. And yeah, so I guess basically we kind of like loaded up everything, headed down. I At this point, I still have not watched a single Formula Drift event. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never watched it. Like I watched maybe one like highlight video once and I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, this is fine. Like whatever. It's just a drift event. Like it's just a lot of people there. It's going to be pretty sweet. So, you know, no big deal. I didn't really know any of the drivers other than like, or know of any of the drivers other than like Ken Gushi or Von Gittin Jr. And that was it. I was like, okay, cool. Those are the names. Cool. Like, so anyways, yeah, we all, all like hop in my truck, like borrow a trailer, you know, pack up everything we can. Like, this is not ideal situation. Like, we had, like the truck was not really serviced very well. You know, everything was loose. There's no like canopy covering anything. Nothing was really that secure. But anyways, yeah, we were just driving down, and it was a cool journey because, like, I think the first time or the last time I was in Los Angeles or the area was maybe when I was a kid on like a family road trip kind of thing. So I was like, oh, this is going to be so sweet. Like, I was almost more excited just to travel down there. We got down there and, like, pull up, you know, to the organizers, um, you know, get all our paperwork, our cards, hard, our pit cards and all of that. They allocate us a pit to load up. Just figured it was going to kind of be like a D-sport event. I didn't think the cars were going to be kind of crazy or anything. I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, we'll just uh, just go out how and much, have some fun. How much power was your car making at this point? Uh, it was like 430 at the yeah. wheels okay for a 1j like not bad yeah 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 and at that time maybe not terribly far off like i think the top guys are like six seven hundred horse at that yeah, time. yeah yeah so it was like the gap wasn't absolutely terrible we got there i had like a bunch of like used <laughs> dumpster tires that i brought with me because i was like okay cool like we're good this is all we need i got some like sweet old dunlops like i got some some my buddy had some old advans like <laughs> We're going to be good. Like they got like 70% life. I, this is going to be great. Like, <laughs> and, and then uh, I, I like did not read enough of like the rule book. And it turned out they had only like, you could only 
used tires that were like approved by Formula Drift. Net, you could use what was it? Hankook, Falcon, yeah. Nexon, Nitto. Uh, yeah, Nitto. Oh, you know the big the big brands there. Yeah, yeah. Standard ones. So I was like, well, all of these are useless. So you can use these in practice. That's cool. But like, you really got to get. Yeah, you can't be on the track with these tires. So we've talked about kind of stuff like this in the past. And Kevin and Gerard talking about like how they used to use like the free tires until they realized like it's probably better just to buy the new tires and have the consistency. That was like a big gap. Oh, yeah. And you're learning this lesson at Formula D Long Beach. Like, like well, it sounds like he hasn't even learned it yet. Yeah. No. Like, man, why can't I run my dumpster tires? Yeah, they're my tires. I brought them. Like, yeah. Uh, where's so now you had Express? to buy all new tires? Yeah. So we're like, we're, words cannot express how unprepared I was for this event. Like, I think like all my team members were way more prepared than I was. Like, they were, they were trying to do more homework than I. Like, I had no idea what was going on. We had to like find someone like one of the tire reps to help any like we emerge like in an emergency we need some tires like <laughs> this is otherwise we can't compete and we talked to one of the reps and he hooked us up with some nexon tires like some like 255s which i'm like oh i've never drifted on anything that big oh my god this is gonna be this is gonna be rough so anyways yeah they like hooked it up yeah we got like enough tires to actually get driving on the track and yes yeah, started practicing and long beach looks pretty scary or kind of like intimidating on video but like in person it's it's kind of nuts it's way bigger than you think but also way smaller at the same time it's kind of weird so how how was it i i don't think i put together a proper run <laughs> like i don't think i did i mean like, I, I i feel if you don't stuff it into the wall at long beach you yeah, did pretty right? good i do remember yeah. deanda saying your car was too big and i was like at home being like fuck you man you don't know i look sleep well like, look saskatchewan often just like affiliated itself with alberta because our drift culture wasn't that big <laughs> at that point if you were in the prairies, <laughs> Alex Lee automatically just became the hometown hero. It was like, that's the guy and he's doing it. So I mean, is, I mean all for us to Vancouver, you know? Yeah. Well, you guys Vancouver. also had Fournier. Is there any other two Canadians from like Western Canada that have gone to Formula D and competed? Not that I know of. Alex Lee and Ian Fournier. I guess. Yeah, but I mean, for us, it was a huge deal because like I literally just started this company. I like only fucking only made parts for X8s. And here's this fucking kid who's going to Formula D, who's like a sick driver. And I was like, oh, man, like I'm going to like hook up with this dude and like, you know, sponsor him. And I, yeah, I feel like that, that was sort of the thing with Alex. Like everybody just like believed in him and just wanted him to go to like do literally anything possible to get this dude to like Formula D. And like, yeah. And he had only just heard of Formula D. And he's just like, what, where am I going? Like, what tires? Like, what? Yeah, like, put me on the truck and tell me when we get yeah. there. I swear. I remember talking to you and I'm like, yo, I got these subframe yeah. bushings and diff bushings. And you're like, what? Like, okay, sure. Like, what are those? Well, how's that going to help? Like, yeah, what do I need that for? You know, sure. I like, you know, I got these arms, they're adjustable and like, they're sick. And you're like, okay, like that sounds good I, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you do Long Beach, you drive it. You said you didn't connect. I, I You didn't qualify, but you didn't put yeah. it on the wall, which is a, a big deal regardless, like Kevin said. Yeah. So after that event, how do you feel? Uh, it was kind of like, wow, I really should probably get my shit together. Uh, <laughs> This is a little crazier than I ever thought. So we should probably hit it hard. 
Like I got to do some homework basically. It was kind of the, kind of the after effect. You yeah. had the bug. You were like, yeah, I got to do this. I got to do formula D. It's sick. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Like there's no question about like, Oh, maybe I should just like hold off. Maybe, maybe like take a step back and try to learn more or anything. I was like, yeah, whatever. Just get me in there. Like, let's just, I just need to be there all the time and all costs. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, there was an absolutely that time, I think, for Formula D. And we've talked about this, too. It's like there was a point where all I wanted to do was go to Formula D events and do media. Like if I could do that, I was like, this is the dream. Like, you know, other guys wanted to do like F1 and stuff. I was like, nah, FD. <laughs> and it was like around that time. And yeah, totally. So. Yeah. I think that was that was the time we were also talking about that everyone wanted to be in Formula D. Like that was yeah. the that was that the was end the goal. Thing. It was like yeah. premier, man. It was as big as it got. So yeah. you pack up the trailer again. And what's the next Formula D stop that you go to? Uh Seattle. Which Dave Vickers jokingly called your home track because like, yep. like, the closest <laughs> one was still like 18 hours away or something like that. I think it's like 14 hours and like yeah. straight. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Most people kind of thought I was just from Vancouver. I think it was yeah. probably because of the serial nine uh, essence or whatever, but like yeah. that's kind of most people from the States kind of that's see the Toronto. They know, that's the only thing they know about. Yeah, Canada. Especially yeah, if you're in Washington, the only Canada is is like BC. So that's it. Yeah. It's Vancouver. You're from Vancouver. That's it. Yeah. Or you're from Toronto. Man, yeah. Paul yeah. Harrison cannot convince anyone that he's from Alberta. I swear <laughs> to God, they're just like, like yeah, he's like that? a Oregon or Vancouver? Washington dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's Vancouver, Washington. I guess I don't know. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, yeah, close enough. Um, yeah, so like pull up to Seattle. I'm like, okay, I kind of have an idea. Like. I finally have tires ahead of time. So this is really, we're, we're already off to a good start. <laughs> right. Cars were like running. Okay. Uh, Did you do any changes to the car at all? Was it still 430? Horse yeah, water? no, we just left it alone. I think. Um, yeah. Nice. And yeah, so it was running like pretty decent, basically trying to learn this track. I'm like, okay, cool. Like this bank is like the longest bank in history. Yeah. It's yeah. Five eights oval. Yeah. yeah like it, time to think about things on there. Yeah, you like you're just you're just you're like drifting it, and you're like, well, you think maybe what are you gonna do after after the event, or like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. go for like, some dim sum. Yeah, <laughs> like there's, there's enough time to really have some thoughts. I, you guys came out to that event, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, actually, it was really neat. Like lots of people from all over that you know from Saskatchewan, Alberta, and BC all kind of came out to that event. I was like, oh, this is pretty well, sweet. It's kind like, of like our all of our like home tracks, if you will. You know, yeah, I mean? like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like closest track for sure. Yeah, everyone believed in you, man. <laughs> yeah, we were, every, everything was riding on you. Yeah. I didn't make that video of you for no reason. It yeah. was my ticket to the big show. Damn right. That was, yeah, that was going to be my ticket to like success. Like, yeah. you know, like if Serial Nine, if Alex Lee like does well with Serial Nine in his car, like people will know who Serial Nine is. Oh, yeah. 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 Damn right. Yeah, yeah I remember, remember watching the live stream and like Deanda's like, oh, like here's, you know, Alex Lee, Serial Nine. Yeah. Like, oh, yo. Like yo. <laughs> uh, I always remember thinking, like, I was like, someone's got to sponsor him. Like, there was no one really drifting a ton of sedans, like Japanese sedans at that time. Yeah. You and Fournier, I guess. Uh, and I was like, someone's got to sponsor him because it's just such like a, a unique car. Like, nobody else is doing that. And that was kind of my <laughs> thought. I was like, regardless of what whatever else is going on. If you put a sticker on that car, you're going to know because it's like, it's not another S chassis, you know? So. Yeah, definitely stood out. A lot of people are always asking about that car. They're like, what is this? Like, is that like a, like a Cressida or like an Avalon or something? Or like, 
<laughs> like yeah, that's what it is, man. But uh, yeah, so like we actually ended up actually qualifying somehow, and I was like, like I was actually like the, the course has really good flow, and like you know as you all know, like it, it feels good when you get it right. Like it's it's a pretty smooth track to link, so you can actually do the whole course. And yeah, I got a decent. I don't remember the points or anything. It was a long time ago, but I remember qualifying, mm-hmm. and and then we did like the top thirty-two run, and I was like, okay, cool, like. Uh, I think it was against Alex Pfeiffer, which I I knew of. I was like, oh man, this guy's like that battle version. Out. Yeah, battle yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. OG guy. So you definitely know from from uh, Corolla days. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, this guy's like OG Corolla guy. Like he's driving a 350Z, I think. But uh, yeah, I was like, sweet, like big name, like this is cool, like nice guy, whatever. I think I did the first lead run. I can't remember what order it was, but my lead run was okay, like you know, decent enough that you know, there wasn't any real big mistakes. Um, and then he led the next run and I remember I was like kind of, kind of far behind. And I like had some sort of mess up where like I cut inwards on the, uh, on the inner side of the bank. And I was like, Oh, this is, that's it. This is over. And then I, all of a sudden I see him spin in front of me and I was like, Oh no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> nice. Nice. And, uh, yeah. So like I won that battle and that was my first and last top 16. so i was like remember it forever yeah Um, so you win that who did you go up against after that i went against tyler mcquarrie oh well all right yeah (laughs) we know how that goes i it was like sprint car v8 like 350z like whatever 800 horsepower like everything's dialed in real nice yeah (laughs) i totally thought it was against forsberg in that in that z that was uh that was Vegas the round after I think. Oh okay mm. okay. So yeah, top sixteen like you're in cool and I remember Dave's like yeah this is the big show man like this is it. It's like cool this is like I'm super stoked uh and then like they had these NOS models like riding they sent one to each car to ride into the you know to do the ceremony or whatever in the middle of the track. Yeah. I was just trying to be like polite. I was like oh how's your day going? She's like oh, it's fine like super grumpy and I was like oh okay cool pretty sweet event right. Yeah, it's okay. And anyways, they called my name. I was like super stoked. She was like kind of too close to my arm or something. And I like kind of elbowed her as I pushed my arms up. <laughs> she was kind of like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I was like, well, I guess that's what you get for being grumpy at a drift You get event. elbowed by Alex Lee. So <laughs> if you ever see Alex Lee at a drift event and you're grumpy, just expect yeah. for him to drop the elbow on you. Yeah, pretty much. So you uh, drive, you drive there. Those. That top sixteen, which is that is still huge. I think I feel like there's tons of people that have never cracked the top sixteen. I feel like that's it's really oh, hard. Yeah, it's hard, like, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, especially now. Now it's probably just in, impossible. Like, you know, yeah, you're not going to Formula D with like that's, yeah, that's tires I mean, like back then, tires. Back then, like yeah, like there was Walker, there was Ian. Yeah. Well, I remember we drove the car back to the hotel like we were driving the formula d car around on the street and like that was your only fucking transportation that was it because the truck was like too locked in or something or whatever like how many races did you do that year for formula d you did four four so long beach seattle vegas where you were knocked out by forsberg yeah which i mean it's it's fucking forsberg it's reasonable yeah that's that guy's full-time job uh um (laughs) and then irwindale how did irwindale go Irwindale did not go well. 
at all. I didn't. I don't even think I qualified. That wasn't when you hit the wall, though. No, that was the year after. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another makeover. Yeah, yeah. How many years did you compete in Formula D? Three total. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. You did how many in the JZX and how many in the JZS? Uh, two years in the JZX and then one year, only one year in the, in the one, six, one. So what happened year two, you were like, I'm doing, I'm going to do better. Did you do any changes to the car? Like what was your strategy for like year two? Okay. So I can see now a lot of people have certain kind of formulas that work for their cars. So the formula at that time, LS step one, step two, soft suspension in the back. So LS and squat, big tires, a lot of toe in. A lot of toe in, positive yeah. camber, um, and then lighten up the car. That was like that was like the three things that stood out to me. I'm like, people with LSs, they don't really have problems. So like at Irwindale with the Jay Z, I was having like some boost cut problems or something was not quite happy, and it would kind of like boost would just drop down. I'd lose power on the bank and and whatnot. So I was like, okay, I don't want any turbo issues. Just like I want this thing to work. It just needs to run the same all the time. So basically, tore apart the car, started kind of planning out an LS build. I think I sold my Jay-Z to you. Yeah, we traded. Yeah, for, or yeah, I traded for an LS1. I had, I had all that LS shit. And then, Why'd and you then have an LS? I was going to put it in the wagon. I had an LS oh. for, my, for my X7 wagon, which is now Alex's. I don't, I don't like Gerard with the growers in the LS. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different time, man. It was a different time. of your favorite version he, he of Gerard. Never, he never put it in. Uh, no, well, that's good. The funniest thing was like, yeah, I was like, oh, you know, I want to put this in. And then Alex was like, yo, man, how many ALS parts? I was like, yeah. And then, yeah, you had a Jay-Z. Isn't that the Jay Z that we put in your car, Kevin? No, I don't think so. Oh, what the fuck did I, do I think you sold it? Oh, I did sell it. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, that's we traded or something, or or I bought it off to you or something like that. Yeah, because you had like yeah an LS one block with like some he- LS two heads and an intake yeah. and yeah, yeah. like you got all that shit from some guy. Because I worked work. at Mopac. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Like, take, taking it off. Yeah. Yeah, as all these vet guys <laughs> were like upgrading, so I just like slowly stockpiled all these like pretty sick like LS parts. And then yeah. they went right to Alex Lee so he could put them in a JZX. Except I didn't. I like, I was kind of like, oh, this, this, there's too many like random assortment here. Like, yeah, maybe this could work. And then I started looking at like kind of pre-built engines and I was like, maybe this would be a lot easier. And then I think, yeah, I ended up parting out that setup. And then I like just saved up. I was like working on the rigs at the time. So I was like, I was going to say, how are you funding Formula D at this point? Because well, <laughs> that was a lot of money. Yeah. Basically just Alberta oil patch, just working on the rigs, like having a terrible time, but whatever, it's worth it. You're two weeks out. You get a decent paycheck, throw a hundred percent of that into the the next year, next season. <laughs> this is uh, I I don't know if you want to answer this or not. How much, ballpark figure did it cost you to run a season of fd at that time well so for me it was half seasons right because i yeah. i the the eastern events were like double the distance to drive also it was just double the events basically just could not make that happen on the budget yeah per event cost this was like with my team members paying out of their own pocket for transportation and helping pitch for hotels and like you know all of that. And then I was like covering as much gas and tires and uh, everything I could. I think like, like my costs was, it was probably like four to five K per event. Yeah. All that fuel, whatever. It was entry, just really entry expensive. fee. Yeah. Entry yeah. fees. Yeah. Those are expensive, true. man. Yeah. It was, it was expensive, but like a hundred percent worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. 
And that's not including, obviously, the cost of building the car. Correct. Uh, and then, so, did you take a year off in between the JZX and the and the GS? No, actually. No. no. So, like, had the LS swapped Cresta for, yeah, season two. It was, like, working really good. You know, had some decent events. I think we only did, yeah, we missed Long Beach that year. And then we just did Seattle, Vegas, and Irwindale. Uh, Cause we couldn't get the, uh, like the, couldn't meet the timeline to get it done for long beach. Long beach uh, is early in the season. It's yeah. Time. It's like April, right? Like, so we couldn't make it happen for that, but then yeah, basically decided to just, you know, go hard on the last or on the remaining events out of the season. And yeah, Seattle was decent. And then Vegas, I remember getting paired up against Reese Millen and that was like really intense. And that uh, during that event is where I kind of figured out a little bit how to actually tandem. <laughs> you finally so how learned. Many year, year how two. many years in? Year two or year three? <laughs> this is year two of FD. Okay. And so like there was just one practice, and I realized I was like I was practicing practicing against or with Asbo. I realized that if you just take a shallower line, you can keep up with someone in front of you. <laughs> it just clicked at that point. Could I execute it again? No. <laughs> but I was like, there's one run. I actually was like, decently, like, you could consider that a tandem with Asbo yeah. at yeah. that time. And I was like, wow, this is great. And then anyways, I just got, got like, destroyed by Reese Millen, which is, you know, it's Reese also Millen. fair. Yeah, it's Reese yeah. Millen. He doesn't even bother with FD anymore, does he? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's no, not his own not shit Not a now. long time. Yeah. yeah. It's like... There's a there's a few people in that that you can name, especially from that time, and you're like, yeah, no, there's like there's no no chance. Like they were the money. Like Reese Millen was Red Bull backed, wasn't he? Yeah, Red Bull yeah. and Hyundai. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> Millen backed. Yeah. And oh yeah, Millen. Millen. Yeah, <laughs> you know he's just a Millen. Like yeah, yeah his brother <laughs> runs Stillen or something, right? His dad. His, his dad. dad. Uh, yeah. I was uh, trying to remember which events I was at that you were at. And it was like, I made a video of you there in 2011 when the car was white. So I don't know what year that was in Seattle. That, that was, that was 2011. Yeah. 2011. So that yeah. was the first year. That was the first year. Ah, yeah, I then was, it was there. Red. Great. Yeah. Oh, Gerard red. and Kevin and I were all at the same event and we didn't even. <laughs> Good thing though. Wouldn't have worked out that version no. of Gerard. <laughs> or Kevin. Yeah, what was that, Kevin? About probably not so different from this, Kevin. But yeah, well, why yeah, wouldn't that work, yeah. Kevin? We would have been friends. I have no doubt. You and I were uh, destined we to be friends. <laughs> nice. Uh, no, I don't know. Um, all right. Uh, I have my favorite story of Alex. I was talking to you in the pits, and a dude walked up, and he was just so amped on your car, and you were being super polite to him. And the guy was like going on about how great your car was, and he's like, "I got a car kind of like this." So like. Maybe next year I'll be out here and you'll be watching me drift. And you're like, yeah, man, maybe. And I was like, why are you so nice to this guy? <laughs> you know, I, so I actually remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> I was oh, like, I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're just like, you're at a Formula D event walking around the pits. And that makes you as good of a driver as someone else that's been doing it for years. Like, hey, man, I mean, in their ass. <laughs> Hey, if you know what, if he's that good, like you know, I mean, now that we've heard the story that you didn't even know what Formula D was until you <laughs> could went. have been anybody, man. Like, could anybody, have been could have been anyone. Been I remember like cleaning your car in the pits at the Seattle event. 
I was like, yo, man, like your rim lips are dirty. Like, yeah, that's what we cared about. Your chrome window trim is dirty. Yeah, your grill is dirty. You're like, yeah, man, like I'm, I'm kind of busy, you know. I'm like, all right, well, like, I'll take care of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's good. What kind of didn't you have like Meisters or something on that car? Well, I had when Kevin's it was, old Meister. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's what I thought too. Yeah, the Meister S uh, M1. M1 R's. M1 R's yeah. R's, yeah. But you still have four of them. Oh, sick. Yeah, they were yes. on the S15. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's uh, right, because they went on to the to the GS. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are like the those wheels look good and fit on everything ever. <laughs> like every car. Like I have like tested them on like many people's cars. They're like, oh man, like can I just buy these? I'm like, no, but like, you know, <laughs> you can, yeah. you can look at them on your car. They look great. Right. You want this. Yeah. yeah. Those are legacy <laughs> wheels. Same as the Sparkos. Yeah, They're like, the they'll never ever get sold. They're just like, <laughs> they're just too good. Yeah. <laughs> so you get the GS, you're driving the GS, but that's your last year then, right? No, no, no. You didn't get no. the, you gotta, you gotta tell the story okay. about the GS. Oh. How did we come about building a GS? So, okay. So that, I guess that brings us to Irwindale, the last event of that year. Um, I was kind of like, okay, this is it. This is the last chance to shine. Like, let's make a big, you know, go hard, whatever. So there's the big, the first bank, then there's the S or the chicane, and then the, the second inner bank. Just went, try to go like way too much angle, like try to go too big. Uh, basically wipe the rear end out on the wall pretty bad. Like bent a bunch of things. Uh, the serial nine arms, I will say, did not break or snap. We were able to... <laughs> bend a few tabs back and they were perfect yeah <laughs> very important so, for this podcast yeah, we get to keep our serial nine <laughs> we get to keep our serial nine sponsorship for one more that's week. right yeah so like anyways so walled the car pretty hard i think i was like qualifying luckily the previous run i put in was like pretty decent enough to like qualify somewhere somewhere on the on the board walled the car pretty hard it was like this is really bad we'll see if we can fix this and all of our all of my team was just like blood, sweat, and tears. I think Fournier's team came over to help. Like we hooked up like a Tahoe to like a strut tower and like um, some guy who had a big sledgehammer. I can't remember his name. He was just beating that strut tower down. Just keep, just trying to get it somewhat resembling of a car. Ratch strapped the hood because the brash bar was gone with hood pins. We couldn't hold the hood down properly. Just barely got in. Like I was basically set to go against Tony Angelo. We, uh, yeah, like pull out right into the into the uh track I, I swear the whole crowd was cheering i was like oh man like everybody's like stoked to see the car back out like we kind of bandaged it up kind of together and like we were able to make it out for like the first top 32 run they have your little cheering i was like oh man this is like the coolest feeling ever let's yeah try to get it done and i think it was the first i think it was, yeah it was just the first run and so what happened was like i was on the bank i was like kid hey, like the car is feeling better than ever actually it felt better than before the crash <laughs> I, was, I don't know why like maybe like string string alignments my string alignments suck or something which they probably really were bad and yeah i was like oh this is great everything's gonna be awesome like let's whatever this is gonna be a good run and like midway through the chicane all of a sudden my feet start slipping off the pedals <laughs> trying to hit like the clutch slips off like hit the brake slips onto the gas and then i was like oh my god like what's going on literally just rolled the front end right into the wall so like so basically like the the engine was basically puking oil into the like at the firewall and there was like i guess they didn't have some holes sealed up properly so like it was spraying through the firewall onto the pedals <laughs> and it was like the slipperiest thing ever and i could not like i didn't even I, know that yeah it was terrible like, <laughs> yeah um, so, <laughs> somebody so wants- like you smashed the car up fixed the car 
go for a run and then smash the car up. Literally, like first run back. <laughs> and this was like drift, top man. Yeah, man. <laughs> People are like, yeah, Alex Lee. What no, what, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Bam. So Pretty much. Two things. This maybe the like the sad part about that is the people in the stands and watching at home when you're watching Formula D don't really know what you just went through <laughs> to get to that point. So they don't know that you've just like some random dude's been like hitting your car with a sledgehammer. So yeah. when you hit the wall again because of your car, they're not like, oh man, his car was obviously puking oil through the <laughs> firewall and yeah, yeah. his pizza slip. They're just like, oh. That dude doesn't know how to drive, it turns out. And I got amped for no reason. Um, the second thing is, I've someone once said to me, and I always think it's funny, it's like, your car, it'll always feel the most powerful and the most dialed in right before it breaks. Like, it's like, if you're, <laughs> yeah. it's like 100%, you're like, man, this is good. It's like, it's because it's about to break. Yeah, you're about <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I never felt better until that point. But yeah, yeah it's just... Uh... I mean, that's science. We just proved it right there, I think. Exactly. So that car is toast then at this point? I mean, maybe it could have fixed it, but I, I was like, this is going to take too much work. This car is, like, pretty beat as it is. Like, it's it's seen some shit. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's ready to, to retire. And I was like, oh, man, like, next year. we got to think about next year. Like, you know, what kind of car? Like, there's so many choices. I was like, oh, man, like, maybe getting a tour would be kind of cool. But, like, I don't know. Like, it's pretty sweet driving driving a big sedan like i was like oh maybe like an st300 or or like an s14 or whatever and i think we were like uh driving back to the hotel and gerard calls and he's like hey man let's uh let's figure something out like yeah we we were fully on board with like sponsoring the next year's formula d yeah he's like how would you like to like really be a part of this like let's let's make this like sure enough you guys found uh, a 161 and i was like this is an interesting choice i was originally (laughs) thinking like like an IS. IS. Yeah, an IS would be like it's like pretty small and light, cool, like still four door. All right, yeah, like we can make that work. But I was like, GS, like that's that's a that's a big car. Like <laughs> she's thick. Like yeah, but, so like, then we got that car. Yeah, yeah. You guys got that car, and then like I was like, this is like I was it was pretty surreal. I was like, this is kind of insane. These guys are like setting me up with a car. Like, what the hell? Like, yeah, we got that car. We bought it from some fucking stupid kid who had like it was like a fully running like GS four hundred. And I don't know where what he he took the throttle like body off. Yeah, it. like basically, like yeah, like something went wrong. Something that's the super small went wrong. Yeah, and he took the car apart, and then and never then he put started it back parting together, it out, and then just started parting it out. <laughs> the only thing yeah. he fucking sold was a throttle body and like it's a like, door lock actuator. Yeah, and like one of the mirrors or something. And we just yeah. showed up and we're like, yo, like we'll buy the whole thing <laughs> right now Stop playing. it was so yeah. funny he was just like uh I'm like yeah i'll give you a thousand bucks i think we got it for like 1200 or something yeah um but yeah our our whole thing was like okay we need like as a company we were like we need to level up we're gonna move it to the, the next gen of cars because we can't be known for crescent as like you know what i mean like what's the next the next biggest thing and we were like okay, what's sort of like the s13 of like these vip cars or cars that are you know sedans that are available in the usa so for us it was kind of like well there aren't really sedans in the usa and it's like well actually there's a bunch they're like you know gs 300 400 this and that and then let's get that let's get a gs and then i mean yeah it's a big car it's super heavy all this kind of stuff but i think when we we so we got the car and kevin and i gutted it like fucking literally took every possible thing out of this car and I remember like we weighed a bunch of the stuff and like, I think it was, you know, it's a Lexus. So the seats are a hundred pounds each. And like the wiring was like fucking 200 pounds, the gas tank. I remember the gas tank was something like 
all in, like with all the shit was like 280 pounds or something. And then, uh, yeah. So we gave you and Rob Parsons, the, the car, you guys brought it back to, Oh no, we made the, we did the brief. Yeah. We did the, we did the fenders and the trunk and we finished that. And when we were done, you guys came out and like, it was basically a shell, a shell. A shell with windows. So we had done the breed wide body in this in this garage that we were renting. Um, because we're like, yeah, we're gonna have this wide body for this car, we're gonna have this trunk. We we like designed some arms and stuff, like subframe bushings, stiff bushings. Like we were like, this was this was our <laughs> our shot at, at the big leagues, you know what I mean? So we were like going ham on this car. And I mean shit, serial nine was literally like run out of our basement at this time. Yeah, we were still super, super small time, but like we really wanted to like build the brand and build, you know, like make an appearance. And like he, he was the driver and we were like the company. So we did it. And then everyone's hopes and dreams just rode on the back of Alex Lee. Yeah. So then you guys brought the car back to Calgary and then. Yeah. So uh, I guess previous to that. Yeah. Like I, I brought, or uh, I guess last event of, or of 2012, um, you know, I, I got Rob to be my spotter. So he came down with that event, kind of got familiarized with like, formula drift and all that. how'd you meet rob uh from like the sport days back in like oh. 05 06 um uh, because like that guy was shredding like like way ahead of people like at that time drifting wise um so i knew him and then then he had his accident i think it was 2011 or something and then yeah. anyways um he's kind of um yeah like he was he was down to come and uh come to the last event of 2012 uh to be my spotter um so yeah we kind of like rebuilt bond there and uh you know we were, we were um chatting i was like yeah like he had a shop where he lived in lethbridge at the time and um yeah he had a full fabrication shop at his house so idea was like yeah we take we grab the car from you guys bring it down to lethbridge and uh build it at rob's and you know do the cage do all the fabrication swap the ls and get it running and all that uh and then send it back out and yeah, we like, I lived at Rob's for whatever, three months. We like had tomato soup, craft dinner, like, <laughs> like he made a pretty sweet, like, like chow mein and like, we we're just kind of like bacheloring it. Yeah. Like a good, like solid four months. So yeah. yeah was, you got a different engine. Uh, no, I pulled that, that the same LS, the Texas speed LS out of the Cresta. So we popped that motor in. Um, yeah. I did all the fabrication, did all the, the roll cage and everything like that. Like it was a uh, sick cage, sick. Yeah. Everything, everything was sick on that car. Yeah. Yeah. We just were like, do it right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I had the swing away, uh, swing away three quarter panels. Yeah. Uh, It was a lot of new shit, man. Like, yeah, the, 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 the taillights were on like springs. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Cool. I was like, cause like, I guess I was thinking back on, on the, the first crash in Irwindale. I was like, well, if only the rear end was a little less solid. Hard. Yeah. Rigid. yeah, Yeah. You know, you could flex the car past the wall, like, and it wouldn't affect your line so bad yeah seeing a lot of other cars like say some of the asd build like mustangs and stuff it was all like the rear end is like just vibrating on idle like yeah like super floppy um so yeah we were like yeah let's do this right like 100 percent let's try to be as you know professional build as possible mm-hmm. you know no more dumpster tire style like <laughs> <laughs> you got sponsored by achilles yeah 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 they um yeah they had the the, the, the racer three. program one two three one two three s uh those are rad tires. tire I yeah. love that tire. Yeah, that's a rad tire. It's like the compound's just right. The sidewall's just soft enough that it has enough flex for drifting that's in a good way. So you get a lot of side side grip. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It was 
just a good tire. So yeah, when we finished that car, I think what did it weigh with you in it? It was fucking actually pretty light. Yeah, it was like with me in it was like I think it was pretty much bang on. It's like thirty one hundred pounds. Yeah, which so, which isn't too far off a lot of the Formula D cars now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think with their tire restrictions, we could have run like a a, a three hundred five or something. Yeah. You need a lot of power for that. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. <laughs> for reference, a stock GS four hundred is about thirty eight. 3,900 pounds. Uh, so with an LS and like gutted in race trim, it almost was a thousand pounds lighter. Yeah. Which is pretty insane. Like that's a lot of weight cut. Yeah. And it had a, it had a glass front window though. Right. Yeah. Every, yeah. And then the the rear window, I remember we made it out of Lexan and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I, I tried a Lexan front window is the worst. Like you can't see shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you and Rob built all the cage and stuff and then it came back to us. And then we Yeah. We trailered right. it back out and then, yeah, you guys had your way with it with all the suspension. I think you prototyped yeah, like all we, of the suspension on it. Yeah, we did. Fuck, we did. We worked for months and months. On, well, not months and months, but we worked for a long time on that car too. You guys stayed <clears throat> at the. I know Rob like lived at the shop for like a couple of days or a week, or you guys were there. And yeah, there was yeah. a big crunch at the end there. Where <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. kind of came together. But yeah, because we did the we did, had the front lower with the tension rod one piece and then we had a steering knuckle yeah we did the angle kit we had lit all the rear suspension i remember um, you guys did we, the knuckle like dual with caliper a... kit yeah the dual caliper kit that we like filed by hand like we had <laughs> yeah. to like hand make it at that point because yeah. we did yeah um, i remember you guys had to modify like the the up the upper part of the knuckle and you had to like go to an aerospace welder yeah and i had this one super old like aerospace welder dude at the at the airport and I yeah I got the short the spindle shortened so that so that we could have the car kind of low and still work. In hindsight, that's probably not super necessary on a Formula D height car, but <laughs> whatever, we still did it. Um, yeah, and then we had the 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 arrow came in because we had got the the breed fenders like the first breed fenders ever. Yeah. So they're two inches wider front and rear, and then we had the trunk. I think those were like air shipped from the factory. Yeah, it was just like to make we, sure it would come. We pulled all the strings, man. It was like basically do or die for everybody at that point we got there we got back there like pretty much like i think it was maybe like a a week or like four days before i had to leave to long beach i think and yeah. then anyways we like i like saw like everything in person i was like holy shit this is like this is so cool like <laughs> that was like a next level car yeah. compared to the Cresta, right oh my god was it ever <laughs> <laughs> so then you went to formula d with the with the new and better car and uh how was your team did you did you have a good team did you have a lot of like professional support the team was always like you know my boys right like and then everybody like kind of like you know it was it was hard to keep a consistent team together because everybody has their own lives yeah and like i can't afford to pay like a salary to anybody which mm -hmm. i wish i could have obviously because it would have helped a lot for everybody but um it was kind of like whoever i could find and you know there was a couple couple there that like could really you know stick with it and yeah we just really you know tried our hardest to make it work like as good as possible so, so how did it go at formula d with the gs yeah seattle like the car was feeling really good um everything was working like a lot better like you know i was able to link you know set down some decent decent runs <laughs> but i don't think i actually qualified in either seattle or irwindale maybe the for... competition was just so much higher at that oh point. yeah like everybody else like yeah okay like you know we had a sick car now and like 
my driving got a little better and and this and that but like everybody else leveled up like twice the amount that was around the end of the time where like almost barriers of entry were the barriers of entry you know like i think that's about the same time that like fournier maybe started having issues you know like not in like walker i think was like finally was like built that like super complicated ls yeah yeah that's right because it was like it just became impractical to drive anything else but an ls (laughs) in that series for a bit Oh yeah. And it was just like, yeah, the barriers of entry switched so hard. And I think you are right. Like everyone just, it's like, had you had that car the year before you probably would have been like, yeah, I'll find way more, but it was like, totally. Yeah, you know, I feel like that's almost the story of being a Canadian in the car scene though. It's like we're always <laughs> like, like a privateer in motorsports. Yeah. And a privateer yeah. even. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be an American privateer. I do know what it's like to be a Canadian in the car scene. <laughs> it's also privateering everything. Um, yeah. It seems like there's always that constant fight. So that was your last season that you did Formula D. So you did the three years. The last year was in the GS, right? That's right. Yeah. So what made you decide to call it on Formula D? Like at that point, like you did that car, you had something that would have been kind of competitive or could have been even more how did you know it was time to pull the plug to be fair i didn't actually ever know it was time to pull the plug i kept planning for the next year or the next comeback or like you know bring it back you know like i'm just gonna plan to you know just gonna work here like maybe i'm just gonna take one year off and you know try to get some money sorted out and and sponsors and this and that and then it kind of one year turned into two years two years turned into three years and then like like the oil patch crashed. So like we we're all out of jobs and I ended up picking up another job at another shop and I was like, okay, well maybe I can, you know, like work with the shop and we can, you know, like try to make a form of a comeback and started kind of going back into more of the local events and all that, but never could make it back into, into the big show. Just financially or. Yeah. Financially. And like basically to gain the finances outside of sponsorship, cause it's, just really hard to like actually get like you know someone that is going to be like oh yeah i'll pay for your season or like i'll pay for your travel costs well i remember i remember we had the when we did the sponsorship uh proposal and you Mm -hmm. had the whole thing it was a hundred and something thousand dollars to run the full season yeah and and maintain the car it was over a hundred grand yeah that's right that's right and i mean for a lot of companies like it's really hard to justify like you know okay let's just throw a hundred grand to this random canadian team that like they're going to try to make all these events and stuff, or I can just like meet face to face with this other team, like down the street in LA here or something like, yeah. You know, is, 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 there's a distance issue there, I, I think, or, or definitely an obstacle. Um, I feel like early on, a lot of those guys that made a solid go of it in formula D had like pre-existing relationships with people that could uh, that were almost like able to sponsor them, if that makes sense, you know, like, yeah, totally. Uh, like they were like, oh, well I drift and I'm already like super tight with the guys that run this shop or that run this. So like, yeah, yeah. that relationship makes sense. Or like they're friends with some like racing, someone who's on yeah. some like GT racing team or something. Yeah. Like that. Like, yeah. Like I look now and there's dudes, I'm like, this guy still runs formula D like, how does he <laughs> still run it? How do they manage to keep going? Like, I, I don't remember these people being like, huge deals but well also know. like the the payout of formula d is is peanuts man yeah oh yeah it's fuck all prize money's not nothing you don't even think of prize money there 
Yeah. No, you're just looking. For... So your plan, I guess, would have been end game to land big sponsorship. And that yeah. would have been like, yeah. Pretty like much. A, or like, like a driver's seat, like Chelsea to Nova type thing. Yeah, exactly. Or at least have a comeback where, so I was like, I was like, I'm just going to work every day for a year and like, like just try to at least get self-funding enough to mm-hmm. at the bare minimum be right where we were like the previous year, like being yeah. able to support kind of most of a season. But yeah, like it just, just wasn't in the cards. And then, yeah, like I was you hoping think yeah. you would have had a, like a better chance of like, if you were not trying to build a car and campaign and you just were trying to drive, sell yourself as a driver. Totally. Like yep. if you were just, if you just flew down to LA and met with like all of the teams and were like, Hey, here's my, here's my well done proposal. Here's my super well done Ryan Benoit video. Like I want to drive for you. Yeah. I think, think that would have been a better way to do it. Yeah, for sure. Cause then like, like basically it's, it's you, you kind of get forked in terms of like, Oh, well I have to either build a car and or you know like basically yeah build, build a car build a team make this happen or focus all of that that time and instead like talk to potential sponsors and like meetings and like network and like you know yeah. build do the whole the, the song and dance right yeah and so exactly. for sure i think that would have been probably more effective in the long term like trying to get a partnership out but then what happens when you do all the song and dance and you still don't have a ride yeah and that's that's the have, risk now you don't have any time to build your own ride and that's like yeah exactly like that's that's what kind of i was worried about i was like well maybe then well at least if i have a car i can still go it's just trying to find funding or something yeah this is a whole premise of drive to survive on netflix it's just like drivers (laughs) trying to find a seat for the next season it's like are they good enough to drive in formula one yeah Uh, i guess guess you're not building your own car yeah that's just like yeah they're just like i'm can i have to get that seat yeah yeah Yeah. that's all that it is so i one of the questions that i wrote hindsight is a motherfucker which it is um (laughs) and this kind of kevin leaned into it would you have done anything differently based on what you know now? Like what if like hindsight, what would be your approach? If we could be like, Hey, it's 2011 and Alex Lee is heading to the big show. Like what would you do differently? Or even if you like had a chance to go next year, what would you do differently? I'd probably like, it's not very exciting, but I would probably get some very commonly easy formula car to use. Like, not trying to be as cool or unique in the car aspect, but just trying to make it work really well without having to do much R and D kind of thing. Um, HGK Eurofighter, literally, like <laughs> plug and play, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, like whatever. Keep it very simple. Probably spend a lot more time uh, on, you know, the marketing, the networking. Like, you know, I guess like throughout the years learned a little more about like what companies are looking for, for sponsorship and stuff like that. So like there's different approaches than what I had at those times versus what I would do now. Yeah. It would just basically kind of, I guess it would be more more of a simplified automotive side of it. Like the actual tool for the job would be simplified and then yeah, just more focus on the actual building of the, the business of the team. For sure. For sure. Um, You're only as strong as your weakest link. You can't really be concentrating on, on nailing that next apex when you're jumping out of the car in your race suit to change your tires, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or you're stressed out about how, where the fuck you're going to sleep or like, how are you even going to like yeah. get home because you had to pay to fix the car. Cause you hit the wall or like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. 
there was uh like i had a, a short conversation with with frederick aspo and he, i was like kind of asking for advice like how do you do this like he's like this is really hard he's like honestly man like don't try try not to spread yourself out too thin like focus on on like on the driving itself and like you know the the image or the you know the the the, the sponsors and stuff but like um try to you know find as many people as you can to help take care of all of the other things so you can focus on you know the few things you really need to yeah that makes a lot of sense and what's your biggest regret of of running in formula d i don't think i have one honestly it was financially crippling and (laughs) extremely stressful and it like like put a career like possible career paths like way behind but honestly i would do it again like (laughs) you only live once man Literally, yeah. Like, what's I don't your, know, it was, and like you tell your kids, like, yo, I was like a professional fucking driver. Driver. I was a yeah. professional race car driver before. Um, yeah. What's your favorite memory from Formula D? It might have been like after getting the like a short memory of just getting the crest to right back on the track after the big crash, and like seeing people like cheer and like being all stoked, and I was like, yeah, this is crazy. Right, having the house of drift <laughs> cheer and scream your name. Yeah, I would imagine that would be. Yeah, exciting yeah. yeah what does drifting look like for you after after professional drift it looks pretty casual at this point like focus on career stuff and and whatnot to kind of have the means to get back into it you know it'd be nice to have like i like i just like kind of fixed up my s15 and it's kind of turned into a cars and coffee kind of car which i don't really want to ruin although i would love to drift it around mm-hmm. yeah we'd spoken uh, about bringing it to the gala that type of event where it's like like the cars are nice you do drift and it's kind of kind of fun but it's not focused on like banging doors or like you know yeah super competitive it's just like a stylish cool event you know yeah exactly yeah. so like doing something like that would be awesome uh just yeah keep it casual for now are you less stressed yes i guess it's kind of like trades one type of stress one style of stress for a different style of stress <laughs> yeah the um, relative man it's all relative are yeah. you better off financially <laughs> yes yeah it's uh, much better than, yeah, spending like 110% of any bit of your earnings, like every, <laughs> as soon as you get paid. Uh, it's like groceries? What are those? We'll figure that out later. You'll figure it out, man. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, the McDonald's value menu. Yeah. So the GS is gone. You, yep. what, what did you do with the GS after, after you dropped out of Formula D? Did you, did you drift it a bit? Did you compete like in some local stuff or? Yeah, I did some local events. I did a few spec D events. Uh, I did a few DUI events with it. Yeah, and I, drove, then, I drove with you at DUI once. That was yeah. Pretty fun. Oh, yeah. We, caught, we yeah. caused a big, huge accident. <laughs> well, maybe. Sometimes you just need to take a break, you know, like mid, mid-drift. mid yeah. Take five. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. been enough. Yeah, it's, you know, you do the first half of the, the corners and it's good. <laughs> Pose for the photo, you know? Gotta yeah, get, exactly. Gotta get that media. <laughs> this actually goes into the next thing, and I guess everyone can answer this. Um, so for some reason, people reach out to me to ask the questions whenever we say, like, yo, You're the host. Got, am I the host? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. fuck, I didn't know that. <laughs> we're just the we're the always the guests. Always <laughs> the guests. It's not called, another it's not called like Ryan Benoit and friends. <laughs> it's like that would be kind of great. You know, I, I would watch that or listen to that. Serial podcast night. Uh, yeah, I'd listen to that. <laughs> so uh, a dude from and Benoit and friends with Dodo <laughs> No views that would get. So a dude from Australia reached out. His name is 
Apex Mongrels imagery. And he said, hi, Ryan, I'm an aspiring 30-year-old photographer from Australia, from a small region town. Do you have any tips as to keeping the spark going for drifting? Obviously, it's not hard to do, but how do you keep it going, I guess, is what my takeaway. He goes on to talk about how he has a Cressida, and I think... Yeah. I feel like people just reach out to me because I have the least Instagram followers is what I actually think. They're like, hmm, Gerard will be the most busy and Kevin will send me a meme. So so we've all been doing this for a long time. uh, But how do you keep that spark going for like drifting? How do you stay into drifting when I think a lot of the times you put a lot into it and you don't get a ton out of it? Kind of tough. I mean, it kind of depends on how much you're into it to begin with. But I think it's kind of like there's a lot like where it's the bugs kind of always there. Sometimes I think it might help for some people to take a break, like a complete shut off off of off of it. Um, and then like you know you kind of revisit it again and make it new again to you. Because uh, like things kind of get stale over over time. You kind of like ah like been there done that. But like I think if you have a pause for a while then you kind of like look back and you're like oh yeah that is actually really sweet like man like that's really cool or you see like you know new technology about it or new like strategies or whatnot you know like just new finding little new things about it to that you can see that are new to you maybe one thing i was going to say is um i guess to me a lot of drifting is the the camaraderie the the hanging out the meeting of the people the like you know you're in a different place like it's just kind of that and i think well you don't really get to hang out with your homies who are driving when you're all driving yeah exactly <laughs> you're like i'm here you're there we're driving but like you're not really hanging out you're not talking you're yeah. like yelling car to car like yeah that was sick like but yeah that's about it you also know? gerard you took eight years off from drifting right that's so that absolutely true that. yeah that's, you know, that's like 100 true so there is definitely a thing about a bug and then i guess maybe going back to what Alex said about like the perspective you apply to it when you come yeah. back to it and how you see it. Like yeah. you had to come back to it as well as like a perspective as a, a business, which is a reinvention of how you looked at it before. Right. Like, yeah. Now I'm yeah, and I mean, questions for you. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> I that's like the thing. Really, like, you know, you can always, you can always make it interesting even if you're driving every day. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. You can keep practicing at certain different skills and trying to, you know, like today I'm going to, today I'm going to try and like enter at a higher speed. And like the next day you're going to try and like have more angle. And the next, you know, the next day you're going to like disconnect your e-brake and try, you know, or whatever. No, no, we're not doing that. Is that how you do it, Kevin? Is that what like keeps you engaged in? I don't drift enough to, to have that. So every time I go out right now, it's like fun and like interesting and, and new, if you will. But yeah, yeah I guess the same track enough. We've also talked about this. You guys are kind of like tethered to your business as well. Like it's beneficial. Yeah. The more times you guys are behind your wheel doing dope shit, it's like the better it is almost for your business. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, like the you know, the 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 advertising we, one. We were just talking about this thing where basically like if we go to a drift event, like the, the shop sort of stops for two or three days, kind of you know, surrounding that drift events, like we gotta get the cars ready. We got to do this. We got to go to the event. That's one day, and then come back, and it's just like a shit show. You know, we have to like get unpack orders, everything, orders lined up, now, unpack now we everything. We haven't done the emails. And, yeah, yeah. So it's know. it is a bit of a big deal, like, but you know, it's kind of worth it, right? And so that's yeah. it, though. You know, like that's that's that bug where you're. Yeah, 
you're ha- if you're having fun then but yeah uh-huh. once you get back out on the track with like a, a you know something that you built and something that's like new and fresh and kind of cool it's like you know i will uh try to answer the question coming from the point of view as a photographer because i'm not sure if that's what he wanted and then i formed it into this question uh for me i think i look back over the however long i've shot for over a decade and the one thing that i think that has always kept me interested and we've talked about this before is gerard's veil side wheels i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the one yeah tell me about your wheels again for the 80th time anyways go uh no um is the uh the relationships and i don't just mean like oh the camaraderie and the stuff because that's absolutely dope but the other side of that is uh always like i've had to kind of connect to different people over the time because it's like taking photos i can do that for longer than people can drift if that makes sense like yeah the lifespan on a grassroots drifter so it's like the people that i started photo photographing when i really got into like media don't drift anymore right like so there was an era where like i was all about covering the hot boys and then there was an era where i was all about like good vibes because i moved out here and those were the guys that i kind of knew and now i mean truthfully and i've told this to you guys is like serial nine is the only group of people that i found that have an incentive to actually continue drifting mm-hmm. and so in that way it's like in order to keep it like fresh and like a uh, and interested in it i think over over time i've gradually had to be like find new people to connect with and shoot for wherever they are in their life i guess so that's yeah. my answer to that question for, even though for i me know- as a driver like i don't care if i don't know anybody at all because i want to drive that track yeah i will it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter who's out there like i want to be out there I will say this, and this is kind of to the internet and the whatever thing of Carter often said that he didn't like going to certain drift events by himself because people didn't know who he was and then nobody wanted to drive with them because there was a Mm. sense that it was like, well, we haven't really heard of you and we don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. Carter said like he would go to big events and it would be a struggle to find people to like want to tandem. I mean, wouldn't he just like do two runs and people like, yo, this guy shreds, let's drive with him (laughs) sometimes, but then. There's all that other drama that happens. With yeah, Carter and then, that's you know, true. Uh, yeah, so anyway, all right. Well, I feel like that ties up that question. Oh. And we've also <laughs> rambled a lot and Alex hasn't had to say anything in a while. So <laughs> this is about you, Alex. We're all here for you again. Oh the- my God, it all you comes back. In. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are you up to now? So I'm just trying to have two cars for now. Eventually, like, I don't know if I want to build another drift car per se but like i don't know like i'd like to do some fun casual events and and like just enjoy some relaxing drifting time but at the same time like i miss competition that i said that before too oh that's actually pretty interesting i uh i i I never think of that as a person behind the lens that it's like and i i don't i'm not a competition guy so and i've never competed so um, I don't have that bug, but yeah, maybe if I, if I ever did, and maybe if he did, if I did remotely well, I would have that bug. Uh, no, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's fun. It's, you know, it's, it's fun proving that you're better than people. <laughs> I feel like that part, Gerard, you could get down with. Like That's a, what I was going to say. Yeah. I've never like, won anything. So if I did, like I'd fully be like, a, a subjective, you know, like it's an yeah. objective way of being like, I am better than you. And that's yeah. not my opinion. Yeah. other people's yeah. opinion yeah yeah it's fact motherfucker. Yeah. basically it's a fact uh, and I, fo- 
follow-up question for everyone. Are yeah. drift events in the U.S. more fun than drift events in Canada? Except for DUI. <laughs> DUI was even, fun. DUI is fun. But even then, like the spectacle of the of America and like the crowds that come out, and I think even like what Alex is getting at is, you know, what he said with uh, Irwindale was like all these like how many people do you think were cheering for you at oh, FD Irwindale when you pulled up and you got your car <laughs> back together? Like, man, there's maybe a hundred people at DUI if yeah. you're lucky. <laughs> it's like <laughs> screaming about anything. Like mostly they're just like probably like sneakily drinking a beer in the yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty you much, know. they're screaming at their boyfriend because they're yeah. drunk. Yeah, man, it's like, well, I thought we were gonna go get food. It's yeah. like, relax, babe, relax. Yeah, two more laps, two more laps. Have another nice energy drink. Uh, yeah, and then like you go to the U.S. right, like in the crowds at final bout, like yeah, yeah they're not Formula D, but there's still a crowd there, right? Like, yeah, no, it's super exciting. Though. I mean, it's, a it's all about the crowd thing. buzz. It like gets. Dude, you going, I remember but... like looking at that lineup waiting to get into final bout and just being like uh what <laughs> yeah you mean the first time or when we were driving like both yeah i mean the first time we were just like what the fuck like this is insane like the amount of people it was like blocks of people and we're just like wow this is insane and then when we were driving i was like yeah we're we're in this event like this yeah. it definitely felt really cool and then when people would see our cars and they'd be like yo like what the heck is that thing like when your car actually stands out in a sea of like ridiculous GS. cars. Yeah. Super exciting. Like, yeah. Like automotive culture, I think, is just more ingrained in their culture. Yeah. I yeah. think it's more open to it. And it's like that thing too, the bigger it is, the bigger it gets. Like if nobody's gonna go to like a hundred person thing, but if it's like the whole weekend is surrounding Formula D, people are gonna notice and they'd be like, Oh shit, like what's this Formula D thing? Let's go check it out. Regardless if they like it or not, they're gonna be like, Yo, let's go. Right? It's something to do. Like it's yeah. Lots of people are going to be there, like whatever. Alex, yeah. do you have any like crazy Formula D stories that we don't have to put in, but anything like, <laughs> yeah, or we could put in? We added, mm. we added this down a bunch. And by mm. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. Like, do I remember any of them? I don't know. Like, what's after the event like? Like, is yeah, there... there's, yeah, there's usually like an after party and stuff. And like, you'll see, uh, you know, like whatever they'll go to whatever local bar that's pretty common with with the people that are local to that event and yeah you see like you know a lot of people letting loose that you wouldn't think are normally that loose if you know what i mean like, <laughs> uh, osbo does like tons and tons of cocaine <laughs> just piles of cocaine <laughs> that's it that's it um oh, to be fair i don't think i ever really saw him at an after party yeah like a lot of the drift alliance guys out there like having a good time <laughs> i mean that's not surprising though because if you ever watch their videos it's like yeah all right i get it you know oh like, yeah i i feel like they're first gen like north american drifters which yeah. can't be that far off of like when i go to a drift event after i'm still like let's get fucked up yeah exactly and then gerard's like what the fuck is <laughs> wrong with you my wife's <laughs> with me <laughs> all right well i think that was uh really insightful and not at all what i thought it was gonna be so thanks <laughs> what do you think it was gonna be i don't know i didn't you gotta think like i'm um i was coming from a smaller area so like when i showed up in alberta and there was like you guys were like you know like doing it properly compared to how we were so it was like oh man there's all these guys that are really good like 
there's a lot of talent I think that came out of Calgary. We've said that before. There's yeah, for sure. You know, you and Vickers and Goat and Horsley, Paul Harrison, yeah. Chair Slayer. You know, like Rob Parsons, like lot. And I'm probably missing people. Um, and you go there, and it's just like you know, like I loved drifting so much. I was driving like seven to eight hours to go take like my shitty photo that at an event where you guys were driving and to me that felt like a big thing and then i guess around the same time you were driving fd was when i started shooting fd so like right right i guess what i expected was because you were the wonder kid i just i guess i guess i assumed you just had it all more together and it's kind <laughs> yeah. of funny it's kind of funny to look now and be like ah, i guess like none of us really had it all together like i didn't <laughs> you know even when i was doing media i probably didn't understand really what i was doing at that time but i was just trying my best like out well, there just yeah i mean even looking like for us looking back it's like oh like we're making a formula d car but like the fucking body kit was made in a garage and like <laughs> we we like the hand cut the fucking dual caliber brackets and stuff like <laughs> but yeah i mean it's it's and i mean look where we are now like like shit we're, you know everything's cnc we're doing hundreds and hundreds of runs of everything it's like it's it's pretty crazy honestly it's like I, trial and error like you yeah. just you don't know until you try it and yeah you fake it until you make it man yeah you know? literally yeah. I always think it's like I always had this feeling that it was like I was kind of like three or like two steps behind everything where it was like, man, if I just knew what I know now, like three or four years ago, yeah, I'd be so much like I would have been so much more ahead, you know, and it's the same thing. How many thing. people you think think that every day, though? I know, but I can't help. It's like, man, like I take better photos now than I did when I was younger. And it's like, man, if I would have known oh, really? that then, yeah. And it's like, you guys run a better business now than you did when you were younger. Like, Yo, I got to say, going the other way, you're fucking up hard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> some people do. <laughs> and like, Alex, well, I mean, I was in better shape when I was younger, so I mean, I'm going that's downhill sure. there. I don't that's know. For sure. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a different thing, though. You know, you're not passionate about that. Or are you maybe? I don't know. You're still popping yeah, that shirt I, off. I got, I, I got to start getting passionate about it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, everyone like Alex, even like you were, like we said, you were learning lessons about Formula D that maybe you should have been learning before you got in the truck. And I think that definitely. Is, <laughs> and again, I don't like, I, I lean on this quite a bit, but I do think is sometimes it is about the Canadians don't have as the same level of access to that type of scene. Anyway, well, on that note, so uh alex thanks for joining us on serial podcast nine thanks for having me kevin and gerard you should say bye no i was gonna say yeah no it was awesome it was awesome having you having you on man i mean we, we kind of talked about it from like many episodes ago we're like hey, we should have alex on it's a pretty interesting story and like he's a good homie of ours and we never see him so oh, i miss you guys yeah, I, on, I honestly oh, feel like i haven't talked to you in like two years so thanks for listening let me say that again because I was like, oh, podcast like this. nine. <laughs> so thanks for listening. Kevin. Do you need me to say anything? I don't know. Kevin's gonna say too. I mean, what am I supposed to say? The serial podcast nine. We've never I mean we've never done that. We've I know, but you just did it, so do it again. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, we haven't told anyone to go to the website recently, but yeah. go to the website because now you can listen to the podcast on the site. And we even have links to our Spotify, our SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. It's all on there. And we have a media page where you can look at all our YouTube videos, all like three of them. 
and uh, it's got an Instagram feed and yeah, a bunch of new things on the site. Go check it out. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Boom. And as always, if you have a question, reach out to any of us and we'll answer it. But only reach out to Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Thanks for listening to Serial Podcast 9.